Cameron. Hey, Chad. Oh, wait, you go first. I have a confession to make. Yay. When I play the Wordle game where you guess the words, I usually have a dictionary.com thing open, and I'm, like, searching words based on the clues I got. Like, like if I know it ends in, like, a certain letter, I'll be like, words that end in this, and then I'll scroll to the five-letter words, and then I'll just kind of go through them and be like, I wonder which one's the most obvious on this list. And then I'll start there. And I feel like I'm cheating. Uh, do you ever play that game where it's like a telephone except you're drawing? No, but that sounds kind of fun. It's really fun. Uh, what is it called? Telephone game, but drawing. There's a lot of like knockoff ones, but there's like a really popular one online that you just play for free. Did we do something like that in VR chat? Uh, yeah, we tried something like that, but it was a little clunky. Imagine that. <clears throat> wow, it's really hard to find because there's so many like knockoffs. But it's a game like Telephone. Okay. And normally, it, I, I, I say that because I kind of cheat too because I'll have a reference and I have a drawing tablet. So it's like a lot of people are using their mouse. And right. it's like, I think this looks like an apple. And I'm kind of like detailed drawing Steve Jobs holding an iMac, <laughs> you know, as yeah. quickly as I can because there's a timer. Um, so it's funny because at the end you get a GIF that you can save, so it makes it really easy to share these. Sure. And there was one I kind of wish I saved it because it was it was funny because it turned into a story. Um, normally it's like the sentence will just get butchered, and by the end it's not even the same thing anymore. Because that's just how telephone works. Yeah. But there was this one where the picture was uh, farmer finds his, or the, the sentence farmer finds his wife hiding. And it was like a stick figure of a guy with like a straw hat and he looks grumpy and there's a woman like hiding behind a bed and it's just crummy stick figures. And then the next sentence was a uh, farmer uh, mad at horror. Oh no! And then, so then, like it's a stick figure of a guy with a straw hat, and he's like pointing. Um, and there's like a lady there, and she has like a lemon in her hand for some reason. And then the sentence describing that was a farmer mad at horror for stealing lemon. And so then it was a stick figure of the farmer shooing away a woman holding a fruit, and the sentence was a uh, farmer. Uh, tells horror or is uh, farmer tells mango stealing horror to get off his property <laughs> and so like i had to describe it with a sentence so i wrote farmer gives woman guidance and then somebody drew <laughs> like the i don't remember exactly how it was i wish i saved this but it's like a stick figure farmer with the straw hat um pointing a woman to go to uh, uh, Jesus. Oh. And then eventually, like, the woman's, like, kneeling before Jesus. But, like, every time she's holding a different fruit, it was always, like, a woman with pineapple finds Jesus. And eventually she just, like, joined a congregation. And it was, like, this weird story arc where this woman was, like, stealing fruit, but then she found religion. And it just, like, accidentally remained cohesive picture to picture. That's cool. In a way that I've never seen work out in a game of telephone before. Yeah. It was really funny. I like that. 
I don't have much else to say about it. Yay. We did it. Have you, have oh, you, have you seen the World thing? I find that game? I, it seems like it's getting kind of popular. Yeah, it would be funny, though. Oh, it's Gartic Phone. Gartic Phone? Like, yeah, Gartic Phone. GarticPhone.com, the telephone game. I actually don't want to play it, but this does seem like the thing you're talking about. And it links to like Twitch streamers that are doing it right now. So you could just go there and watch someone else have fun, too. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a fun game. We, we should actually maybe try this when we have a group of folks online. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have any nice stories to share? Not really. Oh, no. Work's been work. Yeah, that's what work does. Well, I'm really boring this week. I got, like, evidently nothing. I, I had a really funny. good vocal lesson with Mark. That was fun. We're, I'm back. I'm back in the saddle in the classroom. I'm in the classroom to learn how to ride saddles. That's good. You riding them? You riding them real good? Yeah, I hope so. What about you? You doing anything fun lately? You old so and so. Um, no. Oh, you. You know what was kind of fun? I guess we can talk about uh, on Saturday. I sat down and I made a VR chat world. Yeah. Like kind of in one sitting. It's just a dumb shit post, but that was a that was a couple laughs. That was fun. It was it was cool going there. We we had a good time. We took pictures and I feel like like I don't know what you envisioned when you're like I'm going to make a Sonic Underground VR chat world but only with Tamer's 12345 art. So I I, I I hope you executed on what that was, whatever that was supposed to be. Uh, to me, it was very charming and definitely, like, very Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to be very Cameron. Um, I, You know, I was actually thinking, like, you know how you've said this more than once, but, like, I'll say something that sounds funny and uh, your response is, Cameron, is this one of your lies? Yeah. And it it just kind of dawned on me, I think that's why I like Norm MacDonald so much, because that's all his jokes. Like, Norm MacDonald just tells long stories that are lies. Yeah. And it's like, wait, that's a genre of joke that I didn't realize is a thing. I, uh, I was him, watching some Norm MacDonald this week, actually, with uh, Bob Saget passing. Uh, cause yeah. He was at the roast, crossover right? there. And his uh his roast of Bob Saget is fucking amazing. It's so good. Uh well, comedy's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go on to our conversation topic now that the mood's been lifted? Yeah. Well, it's it's on it's on par, right? Because we're gonna talk about Disney songs, and you know what dies a lot in Disney songs is the parents. Kind of like Kind of like Bob Saget. Are we talking about Disney songs? Yeah, we're talking about Disney songs. I thought we are doing Illumination songs. Fuck's Illumination. I, so I, I listened to like the Despicable Me 3 movie like five times. We're not talking about that? No. Well, fuck you. Fuck me indeed. Despicable uh. Me 3 soundtrack. <laughs> what, what? You got so, Pharrell Williams? We got Pharrell Williams again. We got yellow light. 
<laughs> Chad had a good idea that we should put together like a top 10 Disney show tunes list. Yes. And I feel like that was easier said than done as soon as I had to sit down and pick choices. <laughs> yes. But I, did you have a good time though? Because I spent like an hour plus listening to Disney music over the weekend. It was like, this I is did too. awesome. I'm having I so actually, much fun. I spent an hour talking to my parents about it. Like, uh, we were like brainstorming and sharing stories and memories and oh this one's nostalgic and i don't remember this one that's interesting and i never saw that one and it was actually like a really fun sunday morning uh over breakfast just talking about disney songs yeah and i I ended up with a five list here um i wanted to make a rule for myself that i wouldn't have like duplicates because honestly i could have done like a top five villain songs Mm -hmm. so i kind of broke it into categories and that helped me whittle it down by basically choosing one out of these categories. Okay. I don't know that, what your approach was. My approach was, I, I want to say a little similar. I didn't want, like, two songs from the same movie. Or, and I, I also was kind of looking for a little bit of just, like, forced variety because there's just so much, right? So I didn't want, like, all of the power ballads. Because I could have done a lot of, like, the big songs from the most recent movies, uh... Like Moana and Frozen and Frozen Two, because I do I do like those songs a lot. I think they're really good, but they're all kind of serving the same purpose, and I I just didn't seem like that fun to talk about. Versus, okay, well, what about like a really good intro song or uh, the really good montage song? You know, because there, there's songs and musicals all serve different purposes, and it's it, it I kind of did yeah the same thing. I wanted a variety. I think we should just get started because I, I think we, if we have time, we might even talk beyond our list too. Yeah, there's definitely ones that like I could I could bring up and and, and enjoy. Like I, I listened to a bunch in, I listened to the whole list before we started, and then a couple outside the list just because I was like, well, I'm right here, <laughs> might as well. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. So I, I got these technically li- listed in like a, a top five fashion. Uh, the order really doesn't matter. It, it's kind of non-existent. But what I have from, for listed for my number five is um, out there from Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I was I, I got this when I was telling people I was doing this. This is one that was thrown at me. It's like, you should put this song on the list because it's fantastic. And I was like, I haven't seen the Hunchback of Notre Dame since like whenever it came out. Right. Like late 90s maybe it has been a long time i only saw that movie like once or twice i don't remember much about it so throw the song on and i'm like wow this song is really dark it's really emotional it's very sad and then it twists a little bit midway through and it becomes kind of hopeful and just from like a narrative perspective and this like emotional string it is try it is weaving like it's fucking fantastic and then the guy singing or the i guess both people singing but uh the hunchback or uh most notably, wonderful singer. And so I was like really blown away by just how good this was. Um, without context of the movie, animation's gorgeous because it's Disney. And I was like, this has to go on the list. This song is really, really good at exactly what it wants to do. Yeah, The Hunchback of Notre Dame is like a really bad movie. I guess I've, I've kind of heard that, or at least that's the perception I it, have of it. It has a lot going for it, and then they'll ruin it with like uh unnecessary kid humor 
And it's not that movies can't be for everyone, but it's like this is a very kind of mature and adult sort of story. And then instead of having like a clever moment, they'll just have one of the gargoyles like make a fart joke that's out of place. And then it'll get back to the serious stuff again. And it's like, oh, you could have stuck the landing, but you really ruined it with these stupid gargoyles. Sure. Um, The the art's beautiful. The soundtrack, like all the songs are so good. But they messed it up. Because I love like, you know, the, this person that he's 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 stuck in this uh, in the cathedral with is just sort of like you're ugly, you're worthless, and they'll never forgive you for it. So you have to stay in here, and you have to love me. And then it, Quasimodo's just whole thing is like, I wish I could just be normal for a day. It's not like I don't want to be a superhero. I don't want to like be a king. I just want to be one of the people on these streets doing chores. But I'm outside, and I can talk to more than just this dude and these three gargoyles and it's so it's so sad <laughs> i'm just like i can't fucking believe like the the emotional resonance the song is carrying with it like it's just really really profound yeah it's very expertly done and like you said i love how it kind of starts one way and then the song transitions into the optimistic half mm-hmm. um on the topic of hunchback if I wasn't doing duplicates, I, I think uh, Hellfire would have been one of my villain songs. Yeah. And The Bells of Notre Dame was one of my intro songs. It, like, it, it really is a great soundtrack. I, I think if you want just a musical vibe, you can put this in and just listen to the songs. And it's better than watching the movie. I have a feeling with this one, too, you're probably going to get a really good snapshot of like the actual plot to the story through the music. Yeah. It's very much a musical. I think that's something that's changed as uh, the Disney movies have aged is that the songs are more there for fun and emotion, but they're not like they're not as storytelly. Like if I listen to the songs in Moana, I'm not really going to get an idea of what that movie is about, like from a plot perspective versus if I listen to the songs in The Hunchback of Notre Dame or uh, The Little Mermaid, I feel like I'm going to have a better understanding of like what these characters want and like how they're moving through the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Out There is a solid pick. So what, 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 which one did you bring to the table? What do you want to talk about first from your list? Uh, I want to talk about, like this was kind of an optimistic song. Uh, I want to talk about Almost There from The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen Princess and the Frog? I feel like a lot of people slept on it. I have not. Uh, did you watch the the animated part, or did you just listen to music? I watched the animated part, which is really, really good. I love the uh, stylistic change as like the song picks up. Yeah, so she's talking about like her dream of opening a restaurant, and basically, like they it, they're in the real world, but it, the song transitions into like the art on a advertisement for a restaurant. Yeah, and it's all just like bright and fun. And it's all like very optimistic, um, you know, just just daydreaming about what could be. Is I feel like there's a genre of Disney song that does that, but this is really one of my favorites. I, again, I would have had a lot of duplicates uh, just from this one movie alone on my list. Sure, it's a very um, it's got it's got such a fun like bounce to it. That like you, it's one of those like it makes you want to dance kind of songs, and like you want to be swept up in this dream too. Like it, it's very, 
good at what it is doing uh, as far as the narrative aspect to it of, of putting it in the movie, right? Like, like I haven't seen the movie, but like just look, listening to this song, like I get a lot out of the character. I get what she wants to do. I kind of get how she processes things, you know, things like that. Like, like the, it, there's a lot of character in the song, which uh, mm-hmm. is great that that comes through so well. Sorry, I, I had it up here and I'm just listening to it because I love the song so much. <laughs> it's a very adorable moment. And it's like you said, it speaks a lot to the character. You understand her very well. Um, it's a good movie. I do recommend anybody would watch it if you like Disney movies. But it's very uh, bittersweet, too, because this is like their last traditionally animated one. Yeah. And I know I told this story before, but they did a like anniversary release in theaters. So I went and watched it, and it's like no one else in the theater. And I'm sitting there, and before it opens, they play a trailer for Frozen 2. And I'm thinking, like, oh, Frozen 2, you know, that looks really pretty. You know, the CGI has come a long way from early Pixar. Like, you know, that's nice. And then Princess and the Frog starts, and I'm two frames into it, and it's like, nah, I'm done with CGI. Fuck that noise. Sure. It's like such a difference. I I really like this movie for complicated reasons. <laughs> it's good on its own, but it's also this weird like last hurrah for what those movies used to look like. Well, that was one of the fun things about watching all these songs again, too, is just really appreciating how wonderfully animated and designed all the old 2D movies are. Yeah, the nostalgia trip was definitely a fun part of the exercise. <laughs> we'll, we'll get more into that probably as we go on, because I have like, there there were standout moments to some of the songs, and they were like animation related. Um, but if we're, if we're continuing down the list, my next one is uh, Two Worlds, One Family from the Tarzan movie. Uh, and uh, who who wrote that one? That So Phil Collins did that. And that, that the, the, the funny thing there is like, I, I wanted to, I was like, oh shit, Phil Collins did like the entire soundtrack to Tarzan. I don't, I saw that movie when it came out. I think that was 1999. Haven't seen it since. I don't remember almost anything other than like kind of the, the ice skating on the tree branches. I remember being that really cool. So I I listened to the whole soundtrack and I'm just like I fucking love Phil Collins. I have to have one of his songs on my list regardless of anything else. And so there's the big kind of like love song and I can't for life me remember what it's called right now. Uh, I thought about putting that one on though because it's like the big one, but it's also almost five minutes long and it it feels too long. Whereas this one is the opening to the movie and so like structurally like it's it's doing something really important right like it's it's introducing you to a lot of main concepts it's introducing you to characters and like the animation style what every you know the design work and i really appreciated it as as that is just this like hey here's your first thing you're gonna see and it's this song to this not so much a montage but this you know collage of things uh it is a great song i I think i think it's a, a wonderfully sung and performed song um but i i also really liked it just as the first thing you see you know the opener to the movie i thought it did a very good job it's a very functional opening to the movie it introduces the characters and the backstory without having to explain it in words at any point later yeah um i don't care for phil collins like at all really yeah i i feel like he did a good job with these songs, 
But the reason I don't watch Tarzan more often is because, yeah, I, I've heard enough Phil Collins. I guess. I, I can't, like, argue I, with you. I mean, it's a personal I'm in the minority thing. there. I know, but... <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, I don't listen to enough Phil Collins. I really should just like deep dive into his discography. Like, I, I was so happy to just like listen to a bunch of his music while we were doing this. Yeah, honestly, you should. Um, I, if you don't have anything else to say on that one, we can move on to the next one. Like I said, I'm not like attached well, to the Tarzan movie. I, I do want to say one thing. I I like Tarzan the movie, and uh, as much as I'm not a big fan of Phil Collins. Uh, I liked how they used him to tie the whole movie together and make all the songs consistent. Yeah. Because that's also kind of refreshing. Normally there's like a weird hodgepodge of musical songs thrown in. And so this kind of makes the movie unique in a way because it's got its own style to it. Uh, the animation was also a little different. Um, like it's very Disney appropriate. But I feel like there were some artistic choices, like the surfing on branches and stuff, and the, the, the some of the technology they used, like working the CGI indifferently, that was new. That uh, Tarzan stands out very nicely, yeah. I think. It. I feel. I will say though, the the soundtrack to the movie lacks a little bit of that musical flavor that I think you kind of want out of a musical. Like, a lot of these songs, like, oh, you could just hear this on the radio and it wouldn't be weird. And I know some of them were played on the radio. And so it has a... I don't know if that's in its favor or not, but it's one of those things that really does set it apart from all the other movies on on our list, is that when you have, like, an actual, like, kind of pop singer, composer, rock, whatever genre you want to ascribe to him, uh, do the music like it it has that like it doesn't have that big disney musical flavor to it yeah i think that's fair that's also kind of another reason why i wanted it on my list though too just like i feel like i want to give some shout out to that like i i do appreciate it standing out like we said uh yeah i guess moving on though uh part of your world from the little mermaid uh, do you like The Little Mermaid? Um, I haven't, that's another one. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I remember enjoying it when I did see it, but we're going back, you know, 15 or more years now. Definitely more shit. I'm over 30. Yeah, probably closer <laughs> to like 18 years ago is when maybe I last saw this. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I remember broad strokes about the plot. I know the soundtrack is really good. This song especially is, um... It's so wonderfully animated. Like, me and my brother were watching this, and it's just, like, her hair, the way it moves as she's swimming, it, 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 the physics on it looks so fucking realistic, and so much of it's, like, off-screen on these, like, close-ups, but it's still moving in the appropriate way, and it's like, how did they plan out her hair? It's so, it's so remarkably well done. Well, also the lighting, like, whenever you get, like, reflection of the water above. yeah. Um, so I don't know how much you know about the making of this movie, but they had trouble actually getting the screen lit. Really? Um, yeah, I think there was some question about the budget and there was some question about the appeal because I think there was a concern about maybe alienating boys because it's kind of a more girly story. Sure. Um, but the people working on it, they were really confident that this is a winner. And so what they did was they recorded this song and they did like a test animatic where just like pencil sketches. Okay. 
and they got a screen set up and did like a test screening for a bunch of kids. So it's not even like color or fully animated. It's just the song. And it's just this like drawings of a mermaid wishing that, you know, she could go out of the water and the kids loved it, even without the full animation and the color. Um, and some of the kids even asked if the whole movie would look like that because it was neat. Like, they were so enraptured with the singing. It's such a compelling, like, narrative to this song, though, right? Like, it's another, like, the, it reminds me a bit of uh, of Out There, where it's like there's this really strong narrative emotional core to this, of this character wanting something that to everyone else is so basic just like i want to go and walk around on a street and i was like oh shit i do that literally every day of my life and i think i think it's really relatable like like this that oh maybe not relatable but it's something it's so easy to understand that oh this literal fish out of water wants to go out of the water like it it's brilliant because it's simple and then it's remarkably well sung and it's wonderfully animated so like a fucking course it works really well like it's there's a reason it's like this standout song right I love the little elements of like how she doesn't really know what a fork is or even what the use for it is. Yeah. And it's like there's this curiosity for things that we take for granted that like I I want to I want to do like a kids book and I almost want to do one about like an alien that's basically the same story. Like what if a space alien just wanted to know what earth was like, you know? Sure. Cuz it's just a easy compelling kind of uh angle to like what if you left your perspective behind for a minute and saw everything as weird for a minute um i was talking about categories of songs and this was my like princess song okay which i i want to say a really close second was a place called slaughter race which one's that uh from wreck it ralph 2 oh i i never saw wreck it ralph 2 so I kind of <laughs> I want you to kind of see this just because it's so uh, funny. Um, you don't have to watch the whole song, but uh, there's the sequence in Record Ralph 2 where they go to the Internet and they end up at the Disney website. And uh, Penelope ends up hiding somewhere because she gets mistaken for like a Disney princess. And so yeah, she's just I remember, hanging like- out with all the princesses those scenes being I think part of the trailer and being like really really funny and then someone's like yeah those are the best part of the movie so if you saw the trailer you don't really need to see the movie yeah (laughs) that is it's literally true but if you have Disney Plus you can fast forward to that part and watch that sequence um but there's a part where all the princesses acknowledge that Penelope is a princess and then like something happened where like they (laughs) like Penelope shared her fashion sense so they all got like trendy um, hipster clothes and uh ariel starts singing about um how like excited she is to have a shirt from hot topic and it's just <laughs> like this one and penelope's like what, what's going on like because the lights dimmed and it started to turn into a musical and it scared her and so all the princesses are like well yeah you know like uh, how you look into water and then like all your dreams are in the reflection and you start singing and penelope's like no and it, almost every single character their movie is like <laughs> looking in the water like oh i looked in a well and so i looked in the ocean and and it's like wait how many of these princesses just look in water and start singing yeah um so penelope <laughs> like she's out back and it's like a car drives by and splashes water uh, like next to a garbage can 
And so she looks in that puddle and then starts singing. And it's like she's lamenting about not being in Grand Theft Auto, which is a lot more fun to drive in. Yeah, this is cute. I like how like it's it's meta too, right? And that's fun. And it's very it really meta in the <laughs> favor it, of the movie. Yeah, and it just it sums up this genre of Disney song in such a great way with the comedic juxtaposition of like rocket launchers exploding cars and stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to at least throw a bone here because of the joke. Sure. Um, what's your next pick? My next pick is Make a Man Out of You from the Mulan soundtrack because one of our lists had to have this one on it. Yeah, I cheated because you showed your hand, so I, I didn't put it on my list. I was like, Cameron, which one of us is going to do it? And then and then you didn't say anything, and I was like, it's probably going to be me. I will do it. <laughs> I'm really good at poker and Disney show tune top five lists. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> but let's be real everyone knows this song because it's awesome but I, I listened to it again today and like i love the progression of it and it's so it's it's a big montage song but it it covers a lot and it's really fun and then um it's got almost kind of like two choruses right where you have like the first one and then it kind of swells into that second one that repeats uh again at the end um shit i, I wish i had the, i should go get the lyrics up or something but it I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it just does what it wants to do really, really well. It's got a lot of good jokes in it. It's super well animated. It's also um, like narratively important because there's kind of a dual meaning to the phrase "make a man out of you." Yeah, like there's an irony. Where it's like to it, he, he's really referring nice. to like, well, let's toughen you up. But then her whole thing is that she's not a man. So to her, there's a double meaning, and it's like it's very clever because I don't think you think about it too hard. It just gracefully lands that way. Yeah. But yeah, like when it, when it breaks into that, we must be swift as a coursing river part. Because I kind of forgot about that part until I was re listening to it. I was like, oh yeah, this part's fucking dope. Like just as a song, it's so fun. It's just a really catchy, kind of like inspiring, fun, let's fuck some shit up song. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fun one to sing along with. Because it's just yeah. fun. The melody is strong. The words are fun. It's kind of got this like inspiring exercise vibe to it. Like if this comes up while I'm on a treadmill, it's like, okay, I can do a couple more minutes. Yeah. And I like too that like obviously Mulan is the main focus of it, but all of the side characters are also like getting better in the background. And so like when it comes to moving on to the from the, this part of the movie to the other parts of the movie, like you're like, oh yeah, they all got better. They sang the song. They, they, they did their, their basic training, and now we can move on. Like, we didn't have to go, you know, the, the plot goes forward. So it really does a good job just of, like, speeding things along in a really fun way. Yeah, it effectively is a workout montage. Yep. And it's, like, not that you need to tell a story narratively in Rocky, but in Rocky, it's literally just him working out. Yeah. And then you feel good by the end, and with this, it's, like, it's very impactful in just, like, what, two minutes? Mm hmm This is another one where there's a lot of fantastic covers on YouTube. Oh, I imagine. I haven't really listened to any of them. I listen to a lot of uh, Disney covers. My YouTube algorithm is really fucked. This one has 7.9 million views, and then this one has 2.7. Um, This is by... 
Dan V-A-S-C. Dan Vask. I have no idea who this is. It's really, really good. But this sounds like it's going to be power metal, so I'm like fucking hyped already. Oh, yeah. There are some good metal ones. There's actually a really good parody one about Pokemon. Yeah, this is pretty dope. <laughs> um, Should we move on to the next one? There's like this huge orchestral element behind it too. Like it's just like, hey, what if what if symphonic metal? Like fuck yeah. Oh, he's having a good time with the camera too. This dude's a good performer. Everybody, after you get done listening to this podcast, go go, go search this. Go search I'll make a man out of you metal cover. It's probably going to be the top one. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I actually know that one. <laughs> Okay, I'm like super uh, distracted. I gotta turn this off. <laughs> also, this is oh, hot okay. as fuck. So my number three, I picked a villain song. And I can't describe how hard it was to whittle down to one villain song. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, and I, I sent this list to the, the person who helped me make the list. And he's like, how is uh, Be Prepared not on this list? And it's like, that's a really good question. But I think we only wanted so, to do one villain song. Yeah. I was leaning towards Be Prepared, and I listened to it again, and it's like, I think I'm just nostalgic about it. Like, it's not actually my favorite. Sure. Um, If I did a five, like a top five villain songs, it might have been number six. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I wanted to put on, like, uh, Mother Knows Best from Tangled. That was really good. Yeah. I want to put on, um, oh, shoot, uh, Friends on the Other Side. That was my number two. Which one was that? Movie That's that from, from Princess and the Frog. Okay. Which I'm going to, honestly, I'm going to make you listen to that after the show, because that's a good one. I know the, uh, the villain haven't. song and the Little Mermaid's really good. Uh, Yeah, Poor Unfortunate Souls. That makes the list. Uh, But my number one, I went with Gaston, just because, again, it's fun to sing with. <laughs> like, there's an energy to it, but it's also not the... The I have a scheme and I'm playing 4D chess and I'm smarter than everyone. It's literally just a celebration of the self. Also, they're just a bunch of drunk idiots in a bar. Yeah, it's not deep. It's just a fun song that belongs to the villain of the movie. And I yeah, think for I, that reason, I can kind of enjoy it the most without it getting too show tuney about it. Sure. I know when when I started listening to this, because I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast once again since of I was a kid. Uh, I remember less about that movie than most of the other ones. And so I was listening to this. and I'm just like, this is the one he picked. And then I listened to it again. I was like, okay, never mind. This is definitely a Cameron song. But also, I feel like I get to know a lot about the characters and kind of the stakes of this movie just from this song. Mm-hmm. And I, that means it's done it done its job really, really well, right? Like if I if I don't remember an ounce of this movie, but I can make educated guesses based off of one song and be right like that song's really good like at least as far as a musical goes yeah and i i really had to listen to my gut on it because i feel like this isn't a number one villain song but something about it kept pulling me back now this weekend uh, i actually watched a couple disney movies but one of them was the live action beauty and the beast uh have you seen that no the singing is very very good in the live action one I feel like the movie didn't have to be live action, but these new takes on the songs are all great. And I want you to listen to a little bit of the Gaston one, because visually, 
like the choreography and everything is super entertaining. It's like as good as the cartoon, which surprised me. I I, I remember I was going to watch this because Emma Watson is in it and she's pretty. Yeah. And she's a good Belle. I think there's some direction problems with the movie, but that's a, another topic. I love how Gaston's kind of just like a bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, this is good. The choreography and him like dancing around on the tables and stuff. Like, it's like you said, a bunch grounded, of drunks, but it's still cartoony. <laughs> this had to have been a bitch to adapt to because, like, yeah, you've got some big shoes to fill, and so it seems like they're really pulling it off. Like, that's cool. This is fun. It's really fun. So. Gaston, I'm guessing he doesn't like the beast because he wants, he basically wants Belle, right? Like, he doesn't seem like he has, like, any major motive other than he's very ego-driven and people like him. And so if he does something, they're going to support him. Like, he's just, like, the angry dude bro at the bar that everyone's like, well, we have to like him because he's here first. Yeah, I mean, he's just an idiot. Uh, he's, like, a war hero. Okay. So everyone respects him for being a war hero. And then that's the end of thought. Like, they don't think about him. <laughs> You know, it's just, oh, yeah, he's so strong and he's a war hero. Any woman should want to marry him. Yeah. Because yeah, it's also in the, like, another subplot is, like, a woman who knows how to read. Like, that's the period that we're in. Right. So it's, like, it's very one-dimensional of, like, he's strong? Well, what more could you want? And then there's a monster and the strong man said he'd stop the monster? I, 10 out of 10. And that's why everybody likes him. And, like, that's it. It's not... Uh, again, it's not the 40 chess. It's not Hamlet. Um, it's not supernatural. It's just, yeah. hey, look at this jackass. I'm going to drink the song. <laughs> and it's like, again, you can't help but sing along with it. It's just so catchy and bouncy. The repetition. No yeah. one something guest on something, something guest on something, 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 something guest on. It's fun. Yeah, it is. Speaking, I guess, like, sing-along catchy is, is basically the theme of my next pick, which is uh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King from the Lion King soundtrack, which yeah, is, like, that's probably a good my pick. favorite Disney movie. Um, This song is wonderfully fun. It's so colorful. It's that the back and forth between Simba and Zazu is is just great. It's it's so energetic and whimsical. Uh, The level in the Sega game was really hard. <laughs> Some of these songs gave me Sega Genesis memories more than the movie memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is a really good pick that also tells you enough about the characters that you you really understand, like, at least at this point in his life where Simba's coming from. Yeah. There's not a sense of, like, responsibility. It's just kind of like, I won't be in charge. I'm small and not in charge right now. But it's fun and colorful to watch. Then he, and then he gets into hijinks and gets away with it because he's, you know, the, the king's son, right? Like, he's used to basically getting his way to some degree because he can push Zazu around and other people around. And that's fun. That main melody through the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, I love it so much. It's just so catchy and fun and bright. Yeah. No, it's a very good... It, this is a solid... Um... If there was, like, a CD of classic Disney songs, this would be on there. Mm-hmm. Because it would just have to be. 
I would honestly love to do a, a metal cover of this song. Uh, mostly because I want to do the guitar to that melody. I think it would sound really cool on like a really distorted electric guitar. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, I wish I had more to say about this because it's like so high on my list and also from a movie I really like. But at a certain point, it's like, no, this one just sparks a shitload of joy. <laughs> Moving on. It, no, it does. What is your next one? Uh, so I I wanted to pick an introduction song. Kind of like Two Worlds and Family, where it like sets the stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, thinking about nostalgia and stuff, I think what really kept coming to mind was Arabian Nights from Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I think Aladdin was one of my favorites. And this opening song, it's kind of short. But it does such a great job of making you feel like you're opening a storybook. Yeah. You know, it like it takes you to a mystical uh, far off land of sand and genies and sultans in a way that like we there just isn't storytelling like that anymore uh, since we're a little more worldly now. But it puts you in the right frame of mind to listen to a fantastical uh, Middle Eastern story. It's so it's so atmospheric and moody, which is a thing I I, I haven't what's it haven't seen Aladdin in a very long time. Uh, but opening this up, it's such a wonderful way to introduce a movie because it 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 covers a lot of ground in a really short amount of space. But like you said, it's so mysterious. You want to know more, and like the way it focuses on like the night aspect, right? Like what happens during an Arabian night, and what what is an Arabian moon? Like just like the the visual elements to the lyrics are really really strong um yeah it, it's it's great uh i'm curious have you listened to the the updated version the new version the live action one yeah so funny that's actually what i wanted to bring up next um did you see the live action one i did not but i did listen to that version of the song in case you meant that one but i was like there's no way he did but i'm gonna do it anyways because will smith yeah is singing I- it and i like him I am talking about the original when I say I like the song, but when the live action movie opened, I'm already kind of skeptical. Um, I'm kind of burnt out on the live action gimmick. I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if whatever. It's just one of my favorites. And it opens a little different where they're on a boat and then Will Smith is there and he's talking to his kids and it's like, I don't know. I <laughs> like, this doesn't feel like Aladdin. Um, and then he says, like the kids are asking for a story and he says, like, uh, like, oh, I don't know if I want to tell a story or not or whatever. And then he, like, pokes his head around the corner and he starts singing Arabian Nights. And it's a Will Smith doing it. But it pulled me in really, really fast where it's yeah. like, oh, this feels like Aladdin. Um, Actually, the other songs in the live action one were very good. I don't know that this is the strongest one. <laughs> I was told that the soundtrack to that movie is really good, and it's actually like a pretty fun adaptation of Aladdin. Like it's got I enough like extra it. flavor to it that it's worth watching. I think I've almost seen the live action one as many times as the animated one at this point. Oh wow! I I really do like it. As far as these adaptations go, um, I think they stuck the landing there. Nice. Prince Ali is a I, the fact that they did that. Um, like I know they use CGI and stuff to help with the crowds and the animals and stuff, but 
seeing like a live action version of Prince Ali, it's like, wow, what a spectacle. Um, and also that game was very hard. Yeah, yeah, it was. I remember that one. <laughs> okay, uh, what do we only have one left each? Yep. So um, my my last song is uh, "Let It Go" from Frozen, and I I know this yay. is like a very basic answer, but "Let It Go" is a absolutely phenomenal fucking song with an amazing like visual element to it when you watch it. Um. The singer, what is her name? Holy shit. I, ha- I literally looked it up before we start. Lady. Lady. Adina Menzel. Just just phenomenal. Uh, when I was listening to this before we started, like, like the, the big moments where she like holds on to those notes, like I was getting chills from those. Like she's just so powerful and the song is so like emotionally resonant because it's like that big core moment when, where uh Elsa is like, I I'm figuring my shit out and I'm you know doing stuff and building a castle uh it's it's great it's great it's so catchy there's a reason it's such a popular song yeah um you know who floor jansen is i I, okay that's actually a trick question because i know you do because you've heard nightwish before but uh yay she did uh she did a cover of this that's really good and since you shared a cover with me or, well, you told me to go find one, kind of. I'm going I'm to share one with you. <laughs> okay, I want to see this. It's a, it's a very symphonic kind of power uh, metal version. It's so, like, appropriate, though. I like how she doesn't lose the emotional impact of the song. Like, she's maintaining the right tone uh, yeah. narratively while doing a different genre. Because some of these genre-hopping ones, I feel like they lose the heart of the song. Yeah. But this is actually, like, this could have just been in the movie, and, like, she would have gotten, like, an ice uh, leather jacket instead. It would have been cool. <laughs> that would be kind of rad. She, like, shaves off half her hair, and she has one of those, like, faux hawk things. Yeah, oh, God. That would have been rad. <laughs> I want this fan art. This is great, though. Now, Floor Jansen's a, a beautiful voice. Oh, the way she's, like, harmonizing on those long notes. Oh, it's so good. I love this level in Kingdom Hearts 3. Because there's the part where Elsa sings Let It Go, and it's just a shot-for-shot remake. Just occasionally you see, like, Sora standing on a hill behind her, like, watching, like, oh, okay, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, like, it ruins the emotional tension of the song. (laughs) Like, I think, you know when she, like, she pulls her glove off and it blows off in the wind, and then it's like, I think it hits Donald in the face, and he's like, Oh, "Ah!" really? And it's like, you don't need this right now. That's another one like I would really like to do a cover of just because it's fun to sing. But it would feel very self-indulgent because obviously the, none of the emotional resonance would be in it if I did it because I don't know how to sing, so I'm not gonna. Um, but there, there are so many metal covers of this one too that I feel like I would just be adding to the noise. And so I, I have a feeling this one probably won't ever actually happen. But it's fun to think about. 
It's a it's a fun one though. And again, there's a reason it's a very popular song. You know, it is I don't think it's overrated. Um it's maybe overmarketed, but it is very yeah. good. That's fair. Also, I like it when uh, her hair clips through her shoulder in that one little piece of animation that someone pointed yeah. out, and I literally could never not see it. It's always like, when you'll never is, not see it. <laughs> What's your last one, Cameron? Um, so my last one, I was a little torn on because I went with a Pixar song. And I feel like Pixar has a close enough identity with Disney that it counts. I agree. But I was a little, meh. Um, but I just, I felt really compelled to include Remember Me from Coco. I think, uh, yeah, I think Coco is the movie that like holds the record for making me cry the most. Yeah. Fuck that movie made, I think twice is, is like, there's like two points in that movie where I tear up and I want to yeah. say this song is one of them. Well, what I like about Remember Me is that it's, uh, it's narratively important, but it's also like the theme of the movie. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that it opens with, um, uh, De La Cruz singing his popular, you know, pop song, Remember Me. And it's like his most iconic song and everybody loves it so much. And then the twist at the end that the actual songwriter wrote that about his daughter. And it's actually like a more like sad and sweet song. Yeah, it's closer to like a lullaby. And then when he sings that to Coco after coming back to the real world. And it's like there's so much like at stake. But it's also like there's just this one moment, <laughs> you know. And it all ties together so perfectly. It's it really such does. good writing. That, that movie I love. I... I don't like the first like 10 to 15 minutes of that movie. I, I, there, there's something about the setup that rubbed me the wrong way. And then once once it kicks off, that movie is like phenomenal. And it makes me cry. I Yeah, maybe it, maybe it opens a little goofy. But I do think it figures itself out pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I think I have a feeling if I watched it again, I would not mind the beginning as much. Because thematically, the beginning is important. It makes sense. It's just like the way it's introduced to me, it felt a little weird. And I was like, what, what is this movie doing? I don't understand this. Like, and then it goes on. You're like, Oh, okay. These are the themes. This is what it's getting at. Okay. These are now he's in dead world. This is a lot more fun. And, and then, and then it's like, guess what emotions time to just grab you and wring your neck and and, and wring all the little (laughs) sweat and tears out. Um, yeah, but you know, keeping with the theme of my songs, it's a fun one to sing along to, uh, like the fun peppy version. Mm-hmm. I I love it. <laughs> um, I love to listen to the soundtrack in English and in Spanish. And I think I already gave my diatribe about how I wish Frozen took place in Mexico because the Spanish soundtrack was better. Oh yeah. But uh, with Coco, I made a funny discovery while trying to find this song this week, and I accidentally listened to the Chinese version. And the words, it, it made me, it made me laugh because it sounded like someone making up Chinese words. Like, you know, when somebody's like doing like a, a racist imitation or whatever, like it was that, sure. or it's like, like, uh, remember me? It was like, Xing Zhang Xing Zhi, Xing Zhang Zhi 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 Zhang Zhi Zhi. 
and I'm listening to this like I can't believe like it doesn't sound Mexican at all. The melody's still there, but the words did not fit right. And I was curious, so I started listening to other languages. And I think Chinese is the only one that didn't work because just like I I don't know if there's a way to make it work because I don't understand that language. Um, like there's there's a different tonal rule to it that other yeah. languages don't use. So sometimes songs don't work that well. But like South Korea or Korea, I guess that one sounded fine. Japanese sounded fine. German sounded fine. It was just Chinese version of the Coco soundtrack. It's like, oh, this one's not working. I, you know, I never thought to like look up any of these songs in other languages, though, which I should probably try and do because that sounds fun. I think you can find montages of Let It Go in 50 languages, but some of these other movies that you might not think about, they're very interesting trips. Yeah, I might have to do that this weekend if I get bored. Oh, boy. You know, we talked a while. <laughs> yeah, turns out this was actually a good idea for an episode. I'm, I'm glad we did this. I had so much fucking fun listening to all these songs. I did, too. And I'm also pretty glad that uh, we, we didn't have to amend our lists because of all the duplicates. Like, I feel like we came from different perspectives a lot. Yeah. Are there any you want a quick shout out? Uh, before we go, because I, I want I kind of want to like give a, a little uh, you did it gold star to um, uh, show yourself from Frozen Two, and Frozen Two narratively has like a lot of problems. I I think that is a a very kind of mediocre movie, but this song it's another one of like the big Elsa songs where she's like figuring stuff out. She's it's self confident and it's got like it encapsulates so much of like the emotional core of that movie, and it's just another like beautiful song. Uh, from this from this singer who is just world class at what she does. Um, there's actually a weird one that I stumbled upon from Mary Poppins two. I don't think it would have like been a contender for my list, but it's a movie I kind of um uh, songs that rare. It's a movie I slept on, and I started listening to the soundtrack. And it's like, wait a minute, some of these are pretty good. Nice. I don't think uh, I've ever even considered watching that. So yeah, I definitely don't know that one either. Let me see. Um, there's this very cute one where the the song is about... Actually, the title is just A Cover Is Not The Book. And the song is about Don't Judge A Book By Its Cover. And it's just a very cute Mary Poppins-esque song. I was very... Uh, like, it just came up on autoplay on YouTube. And I'm listening to it like, wait a minute... This actually feels like a real Disney song. This isn't just like a cash grab thing. This movie is weird. Because I feel like you don't need a Mary Poppins 2, but then they actually did it. And it's like, oh, they made a Mary Poppins 2. And I don't know what to think about that. Yeah. Titles are like signs, and if you read between the lines, you'll find your first impression was mistook. For a cover is nice, but a cover is not the book. I love that. The animals, though, like the, the cartoon. Could you give us an example? Certainly. Yeah, they did a very interesting thing with the animation and stuff. Um, There's a cute part in the movie where they drop a china dish, and it breaks. Or maybe it's a vase. Um, and so it's like the it's the white porcelain with the blue painting on it, you know. And the kids are like, "Mary, what do we do to fix it?" 
And she's like, well, why don't we go look and see what the problem is? And they all shrink and go into the pottery art. Oh. And then she's, they're on a porcelain world, and it's like the cartoon world. And as they walk around, it's like you can hear the, the porcelain under their shoes. And it's very charming, and they slip around and stuff, and it's like, oh, this feels like Mary Poppins. And it's like, well, and there's a whole song sequence, and it's like, well, wait a minute. How did they figure this out? Like, I feel like I have no confidence in them to pull this movie off, and then they did. Yeah. I so, think. A, a, just a weird note <laughs> that there's a lot of Disney songs out there, and you might have slept on some of them. I think you know the good ones, so look for the underrated ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, and I'm watching this song you sent me, um, and like this is really fun but also i love the color in this like it's so bright and so i don't it's just got that element you want from this story right like the dancing penguins and the purples the really saturated uh pinks and stuff like it's just fucking fun to look at yeah and there's a lot of like showmanship to how she's singing but i love how the stage here is a giant pop-up book that like changes scene to scene like, it's all just so charming. Yeah. Um. It's I very think, cute. <laughs> I think we're done. Um, yeah, unless you had one more closing comment. But, uh, I mean, there, this is a gold well. We we poured all the gold out of our well. We did. The well is empty. And I got buckets of gold everywhere. Yeah. That's the metaphor. Do you got a glad space, Cameron? I do. And it was very hard. I was like biting my tongue the whole time. <laughs> because one movie I wanted to talk about was the most recent one, Encanto. Oh. Did you see that yet? No, I, I, I've i been meaning to, though. I've heard it's quite... I've heard it's either really good Boy, or... Boy, it is like, a bad fun. movie. Like, it is not a good movie. <laughs> like, they do... I feel like they do such a bad job of telling the story. Uh, my mom watched it and she had to ask me what happened. Oh, wow. And I told her what happened and she was like, I don't think that's right. And she had to watch it again because she was so confused. Um, It's a great musical, which kind of goes back to one of your earlier points of like, they don't make movies like this anymore. Mm -hmm. They made an actual musical where every song was so good and so fun to watch and so engaging and all the story was in the songs like you could almost not watch the movie and just listen to the soundtrack oh um for villain songs my number four would have been the villain song from encanto oh cool it's been so catchy i've been listening to it like on repeat for the past two weeks I'll have to try and get to this. It is on Kim Cartoon, and I know I know people with Disney accounts that are like, you can just borrow just my Disney account, Use a Disney account, account dude. <laughs> well, my parents had one for a bit, but they were they had so much issues getting it to, like, stream properly uh, through the Roku. Like, the it would just, like, stutter and stop, and, and they just they uh. ended up getting rid of it because it was, like, glitchy. Um, and so part of me is like, yeah, but I kind of still wish we had it. But I also know I wouldn't use it enough to actually pay for it right like i don't i don't watch enough movies i just am really bad at it i want to watch we'll get somebody's don't and watch live action aladdin and mary poppins too i need to talk to jean luc because oh. i know he talked about maybe uh letting me bum a password or two off him uh but yeah in canto boy i 
so I think I'm stealing a quote from the nostalgia critic, but it's like it's a so-so movie and then a great musical, but ideally it's a Disneyland attraction. Oh, yeah. Like it really reminds me of the feeling of going to the Enchanted Tiki Room for the first time and just like sitting down and watching the room around me come to life with magic. The movie. I just I I really loved it. So um, anybody out there with a Disney Plus account, if you slept on Encanto, I really recommend that one. Nice. Um. Uh, how about you? So I my uh my glad space is I ended up getting a bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon. Ooh. Which, for those who don't. So a couple of years ago, Buffalo Trace was easy to find. It's like a $24 bottle of bourbon that tastes like a $40 bottle of bourbon. And that was like the great thing about it. And as bourbon has gotten more and more popular, everyone's buying it because it's good and cheap. And so it's been literally impossible to find for the last year. I have not seen it in stores. And my dad's like, hey, guess what I bought? And it's like, what? He's like, Buffalo Trace bourbon. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I got a bottle. And I was like, did you get the last bottle? And he's like, well, no, I, they had like four. I got this one. And I was like, and you didn't get me one? He's like, oh, no, I didn't. But they're still at, they're at this grocery store. And it's like, okay, boom. Guess what I'm doing? And I was able to get one. And nice. It's just, it, it's nice to have. Um, I, I've had better now, I've, I, I, but better usually costs a lot of money. And it's great to be able to get a really, really good bottle of something for that price. And it's kind of nostalgic too, because... I used to drink a lot of it um, I back when I still had to like mix it with Coke, like going way back to almost like uh, 2014 or 2015. And so it's nice to be able to re-experience it, but with like a palate that's a little more sophisticated because I'm a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> that's lovely, though. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a, a good week, I think. And I really, really enjoyed this episode with you. So I, I, I hope people like this one. This is a good time. You know, what would uh, go really good with a nice glass of bourbon. Hot sauce. No. Oh, Um, you, you sit by the fire with your bourbon and watch the live action version of Beauty and the Beast on Disney Plus. Yeah, that actually doesn't sound like a bad idea. That's how I watched it, and it was uh, pretty good. <laughs> Shit, you're making me um, want to watch all these fucking Disney movies now. Like, I actually legitimately want to go back to a lot of these movies. I'd love to see Aladdin yeah. again. I want to see The Little Mermaid again. Uh, Beauty no, and this Beast. talk really did. Um, I'm going to be probably just like binging some old ones uh, instead of leaving YouTube on in the background. The thing I got to do first, I need to swipe someone's uh, HBO Max account. I want to finish out the Matrix movies because I watched the first one a week ago and that was really fun. I was like, okay, I, I want to go through all these and then see the new one. Oh, um, I'm looking forward to that Peacemaker show. I don't know what that is. Oh, just me. <laughs> but I think, I think I'm ready to quit it here. So but I'm going to stop recording. I'm going to bid everybody a fond adieu, a fondue, a cheese goodbye. I can't top that. Bye, everybody. I feel so bad about that, but also I'm like really happy with it. Oh, man. I got to text that to, to my coworker, and then she could tell me I'm not funny again. Where's my thingy? I need my thing. <laughs> can you hear that?
Yes. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Try to sue me now, Disney. I was out of key. <laughs> you, you don't have an argument. <laughs> oh, there we go.